In 2001, Steven Soderbergh said, I'm tired of being nominated for Oscars. Let me make something fun. And then he went off and made my favorite movie ever. It's got just as much visual style as Traffic, as much snappy dialogue as Aaron Brockovich, and as much star power as both combined. He pulled together legends he always wanted to work with, like Elliot Gould, Carl Reiner, some big name actors from that day that he'd worked with before, like Julia Roberts and George Clooney, and then also a couple smaller actors who he would go on to work with in the future, like Matt Damon. So just imagine 10 of your best friends, and also Casey Affleck, getting together to hang out and steal a ton of money. <laughs> That's Ocean's Eleven to me. <laughs> uh, speaking of Carl Reiner, he's in Toy Story 4. Yeah. Along with Carol Burnett. Betty White and uh, who was the other one? Uh, I don't know. you remember. We pick picks. I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to drop you like third period French. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford and I am joined, as always, by. I'm Mark Wellington, and who you calling Bud, pal? Who you calling pal, friend? I'm Chad. Uh, who you calling friend, jackass? Hey. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Balloon uh, boy. It's rough when we have to like incorporate our names into the quote along. Um, that's the hard part. Yeah, like do you put it before the quote, after the quote? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, it's 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 hard because like. It was better for the flow for me to say the quote first, but then it, it messed up the flow for your punchline. So, like, I think I made the wrong call there. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Tweet at us. It's, we it's pick tough. picks. Um, Tweet at us. Yeah. I like how I re- just referred to our introduction as our quote time, because, like, <laughs> it should just be a time for us to say our names, but we've just... Uh, turned it into our you thing. guys decided on that bit it's not like we had a meeting i mean i guess if two no, it people is decide our, it it is yeah it is our our at this point we have a <laughs> reputation to uphold yeah that's true uh so speaking of reputations this is best pictures the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive like i said previously and the way we do that is go year by year and each host picks their favorite movie this is the beginning mm-hmm of the 2001 miniseries, even yep. though I did not change that on the document. Um, well, that's, and, no one needs to hear that. <laughs> why, did you, why did you say I that? that. I, I want pe- I want to be transparent about our process. No yeah, one even knows uh, that there's a document. If you're a listener, uh, just know that we do have a document that we keep uh, all of our information in. Uh, I don't look at it. It's yes. A, it's a Literally, Google Doc. I, I think it is. Only Cody who looks at it. I, lo- I look at it every time we record. It's always on okay. my iPad right here. That's good. That's good. I uh, Yeah. Um, so, and Mark picked Ocean's Eleven because uh, it's his favorite movie time. Um, we've had two Cody's favorite movie times. Um, Chad, have we gotten to a Chad favorite movie time yet? Far- or like one's Fargo, in your pantheon? Fargo is an all-timer best okay. movie for me. Um, okay. I think that's the only one of my like definitive like god tier movies that we Yeah, had. Chad's Well, canon. honestly, honestly before Sunset or before Sunrise rather became that for me. That's okay. like a god tier movie for me that I was introduced to because of this podcast. But as far as one um, you've picked Fargo is probably the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Mark I, is this I mean, you- I like all of them that I've picked sure. a lot. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, if yeah, we're yeah. talking like all-timers, it'd be just Fargo for me. Yeah, um, Mark, is this your first I of, think like, Mark's canon? This is, like, a, a tier above 
everything for the yeah. most part. But I think that Clerks is the closest I come to like a, a movie that I like truly, truly love. Okay. That's okay. a, I mean, that's a good again, flick too. I I love all of the movies that I've picked, but like yeah, I mean, well, are, you did pick the Fugitive. Some are Face Off. Didn't even watch some that. Some are movie. Clerks. <laughs> right. Yeah. I so I've had two of like my all timers on it, but then also Jurassic, like Jurassic Park and Lion King, right? Lion or, King oh, and Iron Giant. Iron Giant. Yeah, that's right. Jurassic Park is very close to that list. Mm-hmm. Um. So is Scream. Scream may be an all timer for me. Here's the problem with Cody. I'm a relatively you love things too much. Enthusiastic yeah. person, yeah. So it's hard to imagine any of mine not being absolute uh highest tier, but like Starship Troopers isn't as high as like a Scream or sure. um Jurassic you, Park. So you rarely take a like a soft stance on things. Like e- no, even if you're really. even if you're fighting that a movie is just okay, you're fighting like tooth and nail. That I'm it's fighting just tooth and okay. nail, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing is like I'm not trying to win people over uh, all the time that it's good or bad, and, but I do want them to reach <laughs> the inclusion that it's the conclusion that it's fine or yeah. okay or yeah. like passable. That, and that often reads as either you loving or you hating a movie. Which that is you not think my is opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is just, I'm very intense about the opinions I have, which yeah. I think should transitions us very nicely. And I don't know if Chad was doing this on purpose, I was but not. what are we doing? <laughs> it transitions very nicely for me trying to argue to both of you that a oh, movie is God. fine. <laughs> Um, and so I we're going to talk about going. what we saw at the Megaplex. Yeah. Um, Why don't, I don't you go first, who we Cody? decided was going to talk about this one. I was trying to think me. about it. I've, I've forgotten what all of us are going to talk about. So this will be surprising. <laughs> well, let's just start with Cody, and then we'll go to me. <laughs> I'll go last. Whatever's I'll left take over. whatever's left. Yeah. And I will tell you which one is yours, Mark. Uh, so let's talk about Aladdin. Disney's yeah. Aladdin 2019. We all saw it. I'll, um, I'll a lot this. of people saw it. It made... Yeah. It, it's made more than it, Mary Poppins Returns and Dumbo. Frankly, it in made their, too like, much money. lifetimes. Frankly, uh, I'm mad about that it made that much money. Not that it was like a bad, bad movie. It. I just here's here's what I want. I okay. want them to cash in on the movies that didn't make a lot of money the first time around, like Treasure Planet. Sure. And for them to like try to make something good out of this property that otherwise didn't really do anything for them. They have this property sitting there. It wasn't the best the first time around. Like, make the Black Cauldron good. Make a fascinating live action Treasure Planet. That's what I want. But here's anyway. the thing, and I don't know if this really makes you feel better, mm-hmm. but they're go they're going to. It's just they need to have these. They I, make yeah. Dumbo because this one makes so much money. That they've like Sword in the Stone is being worked mm-hmm. on. Sword in the Stone is not cool. like a beloved Disney one. I no. do not think they're going to make a Treasure Planet movie. Okay, maybe not literally Treasure Planet, but well, Black Cauldron and Sword in the Stone are like going here's, to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Disney is going to remake every single animated movie that they've ever done in live action. I uh, don't think that's and entirely then, accurate, but a lot of them, And then Treasure sure. Planet will be the last one, and then they're going to be like, well, guys, we either write an original live action script or we... Okay, but they planet. are. They are doing original live action scripts. I know, I know. I'm being hard on anyway. them. Anyway. I like Disney. I just like to be hard on them, too, because I think that they can do better than uh, Aladdin. Sure. I think where I fall on things is they are doing better, so I'm not that mad at it. Yeah. Here's here's my true argument behind Aladdin, but let me retort to the animated thing first. 
they're never going to make a live action Chicken Little. They're never going to make a live action Valiant. <laughs> yeah. They're never going to make a live action Home on the Range. Like does, they're not uh, going to do literally every single one. Does, but I think if one has humans, mm-hmm. y- there's a pretty decent chance of that happening. Does 2000s Dinosaur count as an animated movie? I mean, yeah, it's and, CGI, but yeah. it's it's animated. What'll be fascinating is if they ever do like a live action Incredibles. I don't think they will, no. but it'll, it's it'll be interesting Avengers. to see if they pick up on Pixar stuff at any point. They shouldn't, they should. but they may. They shouldn't, especially should. as like photorealistic as Pixar is starting to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I kind of think there's no point. I do see we. I think we see a live action Frozen. At some point, it's going to yeah. be a while because my conspiracy theory is there's going to be four Frozen movies. Um, one for each all season? Up, yes, one for each season. Anyway. Oh. And then the fourth um, one's going to be called Forzen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they need to get to Forzen. That's what they're waiting for. Yep. Oh, this is my uh, this was my th- thesis statement about um, Aladdin, etc. Okay. If we are completely honest with ourselves... Very rarely has Disney been known for having great live-action movies, right? There's exceptions to the rule. The Pirates of the Caribbean movies are incredible. National Treasure we all love and is fun, but they are not necessarily ever been the most known for how well their no, live-action movies You think movies of Disney, done. you think of their animated movies right. for sure. The and only now reason you think people of- are... Now, yes. now you start to think of like the properties that they've absorbed, like yes. Star Wars and Marvel and Pixar, and then the, like then their sure. animated stuff. But yeah. the reason there's so much focus on their live action stuff now is because it's the adaptations. But the truth is, there wasn't a lot of caring about Disney live action properties before this point, mm-hmm. and I think it's just going to continue to kind of be that right. Like there's going to be Artemis Fowl. People may see it, may not. Or there'll be Jungle Cruise. Uh, Jungle Cruise is actually probably going to slap TBH. Man, but do you, do you so get what I'm saying? People, foul, thank you very much. Yes, it will. But but so people didn't yeah. really care about Disney live well, action until nobody, they did the remakes. Nobody saw Tomorrowland, unfortunately. I did, and I think a, it's pretty solid. You didn't see it in theaters. I, d- I didn't. You're right. Way I did later. not. I saw it in theaters. I did the grunt work. I tried to support that movie and it was good and i liked it well and with, um, i think tron legacy is very good but that's a movie if you look sure. at it didn't do that well i didn't see um, that one i um, saw it in theaters it, i had no bizarre i had no real attachment to the first tron so like, i still I have never seen one. the first tron movie but hey daft punk is in this movie i'll watch it hey, yeah go. it's so, uh, so have we so talked that, about aladdin <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but so so that's kind of my thesis statement, right? Is like people are yeah. giving Disney a hard time and are like they're doing bad at their live action stuff. And the truth of it is, when have we ever really thought a Disney live action was transcendent? Mm-hmm. Other than, I mean, Pirates is like the exception, like you said. Like yeah, that th- that's kind of what I mean. I am doing the thing where I'm watching through all Disney movies, and there's some live action movies that I'm finding mm-hmm. fun in and think are okay. But it's like Country Bears, which is a bad movie, but I still find charming. <laughs> sure. You know? But so I mean, it's like I mean, if you go like back enough, like like Mary Poppins was good. Mary Poppins like is a weird kind of exception for them. But a, yes, it agreed. Hybrid. It is a hybrid. So yes. there's that. So, um, so so there's periodic spots, but mm-hmm. as a whole, nobody ever would say like we should be holding Disney's feet to the fire for their live action stuff. I so guess. that's why it's kind of like but, I mean, odd, but now because it's 
but... literally the adaptation of the Renaissance movies, we're being a lot more critical of it. Whereas I but think is it, when I... is it a good defense? And I don't. I know this isn't exactly what you're saying, but is it a good defense to say no? They've always sucked. So like, don't well, give I'm it not a hard saying time they've for always sucked, But yes, they. No, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a good defense, and they should always strive to do better. And I like a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they've never been it's five just, stars. It's just frustrating that they said we we have trouble making original live action movies. So we're going to stop and we're going to just do live action but, but versions of our movies. And I know that they haven't stopped. They haven't but, but, stopped. But you, yeah. like, I, I think that it's frustrating that like, okay, we're going to divert a lot of our energy and a lot of our funding to adaptations, which we know are going to make money instead of new new concepts that you know is, has a lesser yeah. chance of working. It's just, um, but it's there's just, yeah. the, the commoditization of like the arts is like you're gonna have to make the things that make the money so you can make the the stuff that, that doesn't more fun, like, which is like a, a good thing and a bad thing. Like there's, it's just kind of how it works, yeah. and I think that's where I land on it. Is like, it's I understand people's complaints with it. I am mostly fine with them because they mm-hmm. still feel as good as a Disney live action thing typically feels to me. I'm still having a good so, time. Yeah. And uh, that, that was, that is the thing I'll say about Aladdin is like watching it. I was having a better time than I thought I was going to have. It's I think Will Smith's largely, good in it. Will Smith is good in it. I think that the genie, when he is doing genie things like poofing around and uh, mm-hmm. doing magic stuff, that looks awesome. Yeah. When he is just standing there and he's just supposed to be a guy, it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You're, well, you're saying when he's... Will Smith. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not when he's human form. When he is like blue he's and he's just, just standing and he's there, having yeah. a conversation with Aladdin as Blue Genie, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, they probably should have kept him moving a bit more. I really like him in human form. I thought that was going to be something mm-hmm. a lot of people had complaints about. He, I he think was, he's good. He was fun and he was having a good time and that was great. I think, I think that Naomi there's... Scott is real good in it. Yeah, uh, she was good. She plays Jasmine, and I think what they do to beef up Jasmine's story is that, really good. That in stuff's it. good. I don't like the new songs. The um, new song frankly. is like a very kind of. The new song is a Katy Perry song, and yeah. every other song is an Alan Minkin song, and it is yes. obvious. Yeah, it, it it it's really obvious, and it. I like that they gave her a new song. I don't like the new song. Does that make sense? I yeah, like what they, I, yeah. I like like everything that that storyline leading up to that song was doing. The yes. song felt like we didn't need it because the story was already doing was, the work that the I, song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also frustrating that like there was, like after A Whole New World, there is a long, like maybe 40 minutes of no songs. Yeah. That which is, is broken up by, is which, it, which is broken up by the bad new song. Yeah, um, what's fucking insane is that's actually true of a lot of Disney movies, which uh, the new adaptations are trying to figure out yeah. a way around because it is kind of odd to have a musical and then it just stopped. That's my like, one complaint Frozen about Frozen, which that, is yeah. a movie that I love. It just stops being a musical for the last like 45 even, minutes. I mean, that's Same like, with Lion King. Like They you, all kind of do even that. Even if you move away from Disney, like... La La Land stopped singing like at a certain point. Well, like, but then they do that final song. They bring it back. They bring yeah. it back, but like, I mean, I feel like doesn't Aladdin bring it back for one last number at some point? 
I guess no. Not. No, it's they don't. Weird. Do they? It's like do a final. Num- they do the final dance, but well, yeah, in, do in the like live a- action one, but not in the animated yes, one. That's not bizarre. in the animated one at all. It's weird. I yeah. I agree. Um, but you're right. The the new song is not necessary. I mean, the new song is a greatest showman song because it's written by the same people. Yeah. yeah. But like, it just is, and it's not. And I mean, like, great. a greatest showman song is fine. I like the the greatest showman, yeah. but it like it yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb when it's next to Alan Minkin songs. Just Which like an what? Alan Minkin song in the middle of The Greatest Showman, you'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> what, is this? This is different. Yeah, this doesn't blend in. Which is what makes me feel good about the person that they brought on to do the like an additional Little Mermaid song is Lin-Manuel Miranda. And he's working with Minkin on a new song. It's like, okay, Lin-Manuel did the songs for Moana. He gets the Disney kind of animated mm-hmm. style a little bit. I feel a bit more confident in his song. We'll see. I don't know main, who the fuck he gives it to, but that main you know. uh, Moana song when she's like set in sail, whatever that song's called. How far the, I'll go? Yeah, how far I'll go. Yeah, that song slaps. That's a good it's song. It's good, but I also like the. That one's really good too. I don't know the words. Yeah, I got nothing. Got nothing for you there. But. Yeah. Aladdin, it's fine. It's, a lot it, of people it, didn't love the main actor of Aladdin. I was not I, a huge fine. fan. I he's liked fine. him. He's, he's serviceable, like, but I, yeah. I think um, a lot of the stuff they added, um, Nassim from SNL, who I, really, yeah. Yeah, from, who I really like, I don't know that that adds anything for me to the I, Aladdin story. Um, I found it interesting because of what ends up happening with yeah. her story. I was, was like, a, that's an interesting take, take to be had, but it was <laughs> yeah. like, I was kind of like, I don't know. Do we need that? <laughs> yeah. Um, which I know I, I do want these movies to be different, but that just felt like a weird thing to like add to it for me. I mean, that is the tightrope, right? Of making yeah. it different, but not too different. Yeah. But then if it's, it's like, not too different. I wanted then people it to won't be like it. I don't know. more different, but then like, that well, that was one thing that stuck out to me. I don't know. It, I it will feels say like they're making things, things different just so that things are different, right? Uh, it, yeah. it feels like they That's wrote a new song yeah. because they having... wanted to get uh, an Oscar nom for a new song. It, sure. It, it felt like they added her character to have a little bit more like comedy and maybe like the framing device or whatever. But it's not like mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we have a new take on Aladdin. It's like we okay, right. let's do Aladdin, right. but like a new song and a new character. Well, and yeah. I said, and I think the, in my opinion, where the movie works the best are the areas that get changed, but in a real way, and that is the, the beefing of Jasmine. The new character. Jasmine take is good. I'll give and, I'll give yeah. you that. And I yeah. think Will Smith being Will Smith works a lot for the movie, and that mm-hmm. is a new take because Robin Williams very much yeah. did the Robin Williams thing, which worked very well but like when they were rumoring mm -hmm. like jim carrey or people like that it's like oh they were just going to do the same thing will smith did hitch yeah he did but what what failed in the movie for me with the genie was every time they did try to do some of the same robin williams jokes like the yes you can't bring people back from the dead or when he said itty bitty living space a couple of times right like and i also think that a lot of the robin williams comedy was like visual comedy of like him turning into things which it was harder to do with cgi because at some point you have to realize oh i'm looking at will smith as 
something that is like yeah really fucking weird which when okay, they did do stuff we, like that like when his head turned into aladdin's head that was funny that was it good was funny. i like that stuff okay we're, we've talked about aladdin a lot a long time and we got and two I've, other movies to talk about and then oceans 11 and then oceans 11 but i i want to dive into this because i feel like i mentioned to both of you boys they didn't mocap it which fucking that, blows my mind, and I don't understand why really, they didn't do it. It really that's what su- makes it suffer for me is like they have to animate in all these like expressions and uh, movements that Fergie to be doing. Yeah, instead of just like copying over what Will Smith would be doing in the scene. Like and Disney it, has the it, tech. I do not understand why the fuck he. I didn't I have cap. a I have a conspiracy theory about this. Okay, I think the original design Fergie didn't look like a human. And that when he was acting opposite Genie, he was acting opposite like what was going to be a vague CG thing. And then it was like a Sonic the Hedgehog thing that they caught early and were like, okay, everything, every rendering is like really, really ugly. We've got this deadline coming up. What do we do? Let's just make Will Smith fucking blue and let's just throw him in there. Oh, so uh, are you saying you think the original design was less humanoid? It was kind of more like the cartoon. Yeah, big But then it wasn't Will. Pointier ears. Yeah, okay. I think that that made him look like a real gen. Why wouldn't you mocap that? I mean, I understand. I don't disagree. They could still mocap that, but I think that that was Jungle idea. Book mo-capped mm-hmm. still. Yeah. I think so that I was know. the idea was that it was just going to look like a creature and that they didn't, they felt like they didn't need to mo-cap it, but then it's weird. It, it was a weird choice. I don't disagree there. I, yeah. so I think it is pretty solid. You guys are a bit colder on it, but it didn't make me I mean, mad. I expected I'm, it to be a one star movie. It was a two and a half star movie for me. Yeah. So like it exceeded my expectations and but like, like my expectations it, were so low. I think Lion King is going to be solid. Also, that one's changing how movies are made, so it's fascinating I in that regard. I do think that's going to be solid, and the new little teaser today looked good. I think so, too. Uh, Chad, what did you see at the Megaplex? What did I see? Oh, I saw Rocket Man. Rocket Man! Uh, it was good! D- what Did he turn into a rocket? Yeah, he... Uh, he actually, you'd he be like surprised. Very okay, don't does. spoil it for me, damn it. <laughs> Don't ask um, questions you, no. don't know, you don't want the answer to. Yeah, fair enough. So here's here's the thing about Rocketman. Uh, the opening image, I was like, damn it, they're going to do the biopic thing. Oh, did it, is they're it, is it do the, the Dewey thing. Cox thing? I thought they were going to do the Dewey Cox thing, and then I immediately subvert it. And I was okay, like, oh, cool. thank God. Cool, and then cool, the cool, first cool. act was like this really charming original take on a musical biopic where they make it a musical. With yeah. like a jukebox big, musical. Yeah, big yeah musical like numbers. That. And it's awesome. And it's like, it feels original. The, the There are parts in the middle that delve back into biopic tropes. But frankly, it's just because so many musicians have similar stories about their managers <laughs> they have, they all have screwing the same them arc, over. Yeah. So it's like, it can be it can be both true of Elton John's experience and feel hacky because right. we've seen it a million times, but not actually be hacky. Yeah. Be- I don't know. It's fascinating that the same character appears in both Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Rocket yes, Man. And they're both John played Reed. by Game of Thrones actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and John Reed sucks. <laughs> um, he's portrayed well in this movie, but. Um, I don't know much about him. So. Um, sleazy music manager. Um, you yeah. remember uh, Rami Malik's boyfriend in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, it's 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 him. That's it's, it's not. Basically, no, no. Yes, it is a different character, but it serves the same role. Kind yes. of. Oh, he does yes. the same that, thing. Like, like, yeah. like that's what he does. Overbearing business manager kind of thing. Rocket Man. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, 
but yeah, the musical numbers are a blast and Elton John just wrote some damn good music. So it's like fun to listen to all of that. I just um, hope that the takes continue to be that where it continue. I love sure. the idea of jukebox musicals telling the story yep. of the yeah. band. I, I think that's cool. would love a Billy Joel movie like that. Frankly. Uh, yeah. Um, well, here's I, the thing. I also love the idea of just jukebox musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to make Mark too mad here. Um, but like yeah. there's, there's a Britney Spears jukebox musical coming out, and I'm fascinated by that. Like, let's just yeah, do one I about some, a boy living like in the city. That's a Billy yeah. Joel. Yeah, jukebox like, musical. I, I was just about to say more so than a biopic. That's a jukebox musical. I just want a yeah. Billy Joel jukebox musical. For I kind of want a musical every four months. Uh, and sure. this year we get Rocket Man, which is good, and we get Aladdin, and we get Lion King, and mm-hmm. we get Frozen Two. Those are kind of cheating because those are Disney ones. But then it's fucking we. Cats is the one we get this year cats what month is that why the is fuck do we get cats it's it opens against star wars <laughs> oh my gosh it's so dumb nobody's anyway. gonna see it <laughs> i mean we are we but are. we uh, see a lot of movies yeah. i cody you acted like i get offended at the idea of jukebox musicals i also like ju- jukebox musicals when they have a plot that isn't a guy in the 60s touches every piece of the 60s mm. <laughs> um across the universe oh. is forrest gump with the beatles uh <laughs> and it's awful um I also am really into that movie yesterday. I really want to see that. Yeah, that one's not really going to be a musical, no, but, but I it's still a, think it's fun. It's a fun take. Like, instead of doing a Beatles movie about just, like, here's the Beatles rise and here's when they broke up, yeah. it's just a movie, like, about loving the Beatles. And it I really just, like well, that. and there's another movie coming out this year that is about, like, a boy who really loves the music of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, like, yeah. that one looks all right, I, too. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing with yesterday... It's going to be fine, and I hate being a plot, like a cinema sense, like, ding, kind of person. But it really fucks me up that Ed Sheeran is in the movie playing Ed Sheeran when I just, like, I go around furious, and I'm like, if the Beatles didn't exist, you wouldn't exist, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, he, yes. would, he would not have had the influence uh, the, the, to become His himself. music would not sound like it does, because it is yeah. influence. Li- All literal- pop music is Beatles. It, it's yep. insane that he's like, the world is exactly the same, except for there was no Beatles. And I'm like... Music it's not exactly exists like the way what? it does. Your actions have consequences. <laughs> it is um, like it. I. I mean, if you would have to get like music historians to kind of tell you what yeah. music might you could project. Like, Which, okay, so if the Beatles don't come in, then maybe we still kind of follow an Elvis style. Yeah. Like, I don't. You. You just. You yeah. can't really comprehend a world without the Beatles because it has touched on mm-hmm. every aspect of music. Has no. There's they, that. They, they there's changed that them. line in the trailer where someone says like. It's it's like the best song in the world, and he says, "Well, it's not Coldplay, it's not Fix You," <laughs> and it's like, which Coldplay that fix you pisses me the exist. fuck off because Coldplay, yeah, is just trying to be the Beatles. Yeah. Like I don't know, it's yeah, just frustrating that like every rock star who's gone to rehab has their own movie, and then the Beatles movie is like, what if the Beatles didn't exist? And I'm like, <laughs> they have an interesting story. <laughs> Like, this, yeah, like, do you think they we released, ever get a Beatles bio? The Beatles Surely released like 12 albums in eight years and then, yeah, and then broke up. And then like, we're done. It yeah. is insane. There was yeah. literally like for, I think, 14 months, they had the number one album and it was three different albums that they just replaced themselves. They right. were once I, the top five, all five <laughs> of the top five on Billboard. Mark likes the Beatles. Um, it's 
it's there has been like some odd Beatles movies. There's a like John Lennon when he was a kid. There's movie. Nowhere Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Then and there is um, like the movie that is about the guy who killed John Lennon, but it's like mm-hmm, not yeah. even really about John Lennon. And there's also Help and uh, A Hard Day's Night, which are about the Beatles, starring the Beatles with the music of the Beatles. What's but it's the original uh, music by the, the Beatles. Same. Yeah. It isn't What's the, the same. one where like Hey Jude was all over the marketing? That came uh, out like 2000. Are you, are you talking about Across the Universe? Across the Universe is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, th- that's the one Mark hates that yeah. I like. Yeah. Um, but that is not about the Beatles. No, but it's all. about it the Beatles it. music. It's, it's yeah, weird. I that just they, like, we do haven't we had ever get a Beatles biopic? It's I think, kind of I think wild. eventually we do, but I think yesterday put it back at least five years. Well, I think that the reason it hasn't happened yet is because A, the Beatles are like revered among like yes if you it's like who Beatles, tackles you, that movie you, yeah. you just yeah. die you don't um, want to mess also, up that movie they've always been really iffy about their like it took a long time for their for their music to be like released digitally yeah they're um, getting i imagine that, that their, their life mm-hmm. rights are like locked the fuck up maybe yeah. when yoko dies maybe when yoko yeah dies, that's kind of what i was thinking um because also Here's the thing that's so iffy to me about Bohemian Rhapsody and even Rocket Man. The fact that the living people are yeah. heavily involved in the movies does kind of have a weird element to it. Here's the thing. Fiction movies like I mean, yes, it's based on true stories, but movies like that, narrative features mm-hmm. don't like they don't have to be documentaries. They don't have to adhere to like and- truth and like a like a objective point of view and El- so that's and fair it just is a bit movie, the rocket man movie doesn't try to do that like things are just like straight up not historically accurate and it doesn't really matter because like and i guess that's the there. take you make that is yeah. fine but it's just like there's always going to be like a hero moment to some degree of the person who it's about is involved. I don't know. Yeah. It's why Bohemian Rhapsody, which I have been getting kind of annoyed that nobody can talk about Rocket Man without talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, but I understand the instinct because yep. I am doing it right now. Yeah. But but it but it's like the 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 fact that the rest of the band looked like perfect angels because they were the ones who were producing mm-hmm. the movie. Like they yeah, were the living just, ones. Yeah. Yeah. That that shit's kind of like iffy. Um, That's annoying. Do we know if there's any more musical biopics on the horizon? We've got a Judy Garland one coming out yeah. later this year. Judy. Um, yeah. Other than I, that, I, I, I don't I'm not so. sure. I'm sure that there is, but none that I come to mind immediately. I I have this grand conspiracy theory that they're all going to try to have them. And yeah. like musical biopics are going to like replace the greatest hits albums because greatest hits albums hmm. don't sell anymore. And so movies like this kind of serve as your greatest hits album. Anyway, that's just my yeah. I I think it'll be fun. Like if we just decide to make like wait fifty years and then make a movie about every pop star. Like I'm Mm. excited for like the Prince movie that comes out. Um, I mean, I want there to be a Britney Spears movie come out now. I think her story is fascinating. I I think that well, I'd like a uh, is it loving. Sound and Music, Love and Mercy. What's the Beach Boys movie? Love and Mercy. Yeah. I think that that yeah, that style of a Britney Spears movie would be really interesting. Of her yeah. like being like I mean, locked up um, and secluded now, mm-hmm. 
we, we kind of need to know the rest of that story because there's some weird stuff happening right now. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think who I most want. I mean, I would love a Jimmy Buffett movie that is the music mm. of Jimmy Buffett, but like kind of an original, which what there's a musical. What was the uh, Escape to Margaritaville movie? Yeah. Yeah. Just make that movie. Uh, sure. Who else would I really want kind of a movie about? The Beatles. To make a... <laughs> yes, the Beatles. Fair. Make a Chris Gaines movie. Oh, God. I I mean, you know that was the original plan, right? I've told you that's part of it, is like they were going to do like a feature length. Make he, it he now. Was like getting, make Chris Gaines movie now. Make Chris Gaines now. Straight oh, up my like God. Straight like an Sandberg Chris Gaines yes. movie. <laughs> what the fuck? It's a Bash Brothers, but yep. about Chris Gaines. Why the mm-hmm. fuck is that not happening? Let's do it. Let's Bash make Brothers. it. TM. TM, TM, TM. Okay. Uh, uh, Mark, Mark, what, what have you seen you in the, see the Megaplex? <laughs> um, I think I saw Ma. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. You did correct. see Ma. Yeah, you did. Um, I mean, I did see Ma. I just wanted to make sure that's the one we were talking about. I also saw Godzilla, and I couldn't remember if we were going to talk about that, but there's nothing to no, say we about Godzilla. Um, speaking of nothing to say about Except it, Ma. Mothra Innocent. <laughs> uh, Ma Innocent, more like. Nope. Um, Is she? Until, <laughs> it seems like she's guilty of some things. She's um, very guilty. Putting a needle and thread through some children at some point. The, the yeah. movie, like, for a, a large majority of it, is, like, trying to make Ma sympathetic, and it succeeds in that to a large extent. I, mm. In my opinion, Cody can disagree. Um, I think so as well. I think all those scenes suck ugh. is the problem. I mean, maybe, like, just... Instead of five flashback scenes, like just put them <laughs> together and make them two, maybe. Especially not five when by the first one you know exactly what it's leading yeah. up to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, got it. So, cool. yeah, I get it. She was bullied. Yeah, yeah, and she's getting revenge on the children of all the people that bullied her, is what I get from the trailer. Um, yes. Sort of. Yes. To, to some degree, yes, Explicitly, but it's more so yes. she's. But it is more so she is trying to relive being one of the cool kids because she never got that experience and then when they start getting creeped out by her abrasive personality then she's like well i'm gonna revenge you guys because only two of only two of the kids are descendants of people who bullied her so that is one element of it but the other element is like she just wants to be accepted and feel like she's Um, how is octavia in this movie she's She's good good. i just don't think the movie is she's good uh i like the I mean, the cast is good. I like the... There's, like, a, two of the kids or, like, a couple, and they're cute. Um, I don't know how I feel about the lead actress. Me either, The Jillian Jacobs-looking girl from uh, Booksmart? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, the the one in Booksmart where, like, her whole thing was, like, I'm hot and cool. And then in this yeah. one, it's like... I also do have don't like a know if I like dimension? her in Booksmart is kind of I mean, her, her oh. character in Booksmart is, like, the most one-dimensional... And yeah. she nails it. You, right. You, you crushed it. Yeah. She um, does. But, 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 but the problem not, in Ma is she's the lead. Yeah. She's not a side character. Um, I can see that being it's, a problem. It's, it's fine, though. I mean, there were moments that I enjoyed. There were some moments where I laughed out loud and it wanted me to. There were some moments yes. where I laughed out loud and I do not think it wanted me to. <laughs> yeah. So. That was me uh, when I saw The Intruder. <laughs> Here's Left the thing. I a lot in that movie. I actually had a really good time watching The Intruder. 
here's the thing with Ma. I think if you're a wild person like us who goes and sees a ton of movies, see Ma. It's fun. You're in a theater, whatever. If you're somebody who goes once a month, Ma should not be the one you go see. Go see Booksmart. Go yes. see Booksmart. Month, see then Book go see Smart. Rocket Man. Then go see Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go see Dark Phoenix and then go see Aladdin. <laughs> no, I come on. <laughs> Are go, we really gonna go see Booksmart again and then go see Aladdin? <laughs> Sure. Fine. Yeah. It's, uh, Just but, see Booksmart uh, three times if you go out to the theaters three times this month. Or pay for a ticket for Booksmart and then go watch Aladdin. <laughs> like, I'm fine That's with that. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that, too. I want Booksmart to make more money because it made, like, none. Buy well, it's going to books- be out. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be out of theaters the next weekend. That's kind of what sucks about it. Yeah. It, Buy it on they, iTunes. They truly fucking, like messed up the release they release it on memorial day which is insane because not a lot of people go to the movies then anyway mm-hmm. and if they do it will be the big block family are you talking about week. or a family movie book smart it's insane yeah. it's that they release that's graduation it weekend for a lot of high schools sure yeah but i mean but aladdin's still... gonna be the memorial day movie obviously and it was um, it should have also, it wide releasing is wild. It should have been a platform release, seemingly. I don't know, because um, um, it got good word of mouth, but you can't like release it wide because then you see all those people see. It's like, just hard it's to a, platform in the summer because that's like five weekends you're going to be buried, as opposed to like yeah, two weekends you're buried so. and then one you you explode. I don't know. It feels like it's weird and it feels like yes, I understand the attempt at strategy to tie it to senior graduation, but I yeah. think you if you release that movie in fall, it would have done gangbusters. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think that After it had the... to be tied to the re- to when I, it's set. I just know that I know a lot of people graduating because I work with high schoolers because yeah. of my job. Uh, so, and I also like the weekend before had been at my high school for like a something. Uh, mm-hmm. and so like watching that movie, I was like in the high school feels and like remembering what it was like to be graduating and like saying goodbye to all of these people that you kind of knew, but you were actually going to miss more than you expected. Um, okay. So Mark, let's talk about the movie that we've gathered in the, let's. on these hollow, uh, hollowed ground in order to speak about and that is one of your favorite movies of all time give a uh-huh. give us give us like that like we're riding up the elevator in a casino and you've got to give us a quick pitch give us the casino elevator pitch for this movie um so maybe five of the biggest movie stars uh, at that time just got together and made uh, a remake of a brat pack uh, heist movie um and it is my Who favorite the movie five? of all time. Who are the big five that you're thinking of? Uh, I think Clooney, there's four. Clooney, Pitt, Roberts, um, Damon, uh-huh. and uh-huh. Andy Garcia. Come on, Mark. Andy I Garcia love Andy Garcia, but don't act like he's stars. ever been A-list. No, we, Sorry, got, we, got Pitt, uh, we got Clooney. We got Roberts. He was above the title. Well, sure, yeah. but I still don't think he was an A-lister. The, the, your well, phrasing was one part. of the biggest stars of the time. I and mean, I don't Matt think Damon wasn't an A-lister it. at that time either. But it's fair. crazy when the people in it are Brad Pitt, George Clooney, uh, Matt Damon, and Julia Roberts. Like, those are upper echelon it's insane. Like, actors. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, like, uh, that's uh, Julia Roberts had just won an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, she did for a Soderbergh movie. Yeah, 
It's crazy. George Clooney was about to star in a very underrated Soderbergh movie that I watched recently and that I loved a lot. Wait, what's that? Solaris. Solaris. I don't, I don't know, know that how movie. you pronounce it. It's weird, but very good. Not a lot of people have seen it. It is Soderbergh's space movie. It's a remake of a Russian space movie. Yeah, but I only watched this one because so- I am a plebe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so this is a... I mean, so basically the plot of Ocean's Eleven, right? It is Danny Ocean, who is George Clooney. He goes to jail for crimes. He yep. gets out of jail for crimes and decides, you know what I'm going to do? A big I'm gonna crime. crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, like, so the first scene is like him being interviewed, like, you know, why do you want to be released, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what would you do if we did let you out? And then just like zooms in on his face. And, like, mm-hmm. the theme song starts playing, and just, like, Ocean's Eleven. And then he, like, drives to Atlantic City immediately. Um, immediately starts working on this con. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will say, they, they basically recreate this scene in Ocean's Eight yeah. with, uh, they yeah, might, with Sandy. They might even one-up the scene. With, That's truly with, what I was about to like, say, because immediately she does the... Um, where she steals from the makeup store, and that is one yeah. of the best, like, like small con things I've ever seen yeah. in my whole life. Like George's whole thing, where he immediately starts working on the big job, is great and good. But Sandra's yes. whole thing, where she's like, just immediately doing small crimes and you just you're immediately <laughs> seeing how smart she is and how she like gets quick. a hotel room, she gets yeah. like makeup, she like does yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, it, it's fucking so rules. good. Um, Ocean's um, Eight is a good movie. It's good. Ocean's I Eight is a good Ocean's movie. Eleven as a whole is better. Sure, but absolutely. Ocean's Eight nails that like getting out of prison and immediately getting to crime things. Here's the thing: I think the Ocean's it, franchise, which I have not seen any, or I've seen the old one, so I'm not counting right. that one. Neither have I. I'm, I'm just counting the new franchise. It has three pretty perfect movie, or pretty and fun also Ocean's movies. Eight, right? And also Ocean's Twelve, yeah. which sucks. It's <laughs> rough. It's got I, good I things like, in it. It's a bad movie. I, think. I yeah. like Ocean's 12. I do not think it's a bad movie. I think the plan is so convo- not I hate the Bruce Willis and Julie Roberts that thing. Sucks. Okay. I hate yeah. it a ton. So so But I think the plan is so convoluted in 12 and what's beautiful about this movie in my opinion is the plan is convoluted and like you're kind of like at all times what the fuck is going on but the movie as you're watching each scene, you feel like you're following it. It's yeah. only in retrospect where you're kind of like, okay, so they did this to do this. And right. The, it but gets a little harder to piece together I will, in the post, but you like it when you I see will it. say, I watched it not that long ago and then mm-hmm. watched it. And when I watched it then, it had been years since I had seen it. And yeah. I was having that same kind of thing like, wait, what's the plan? Like, what, yeah. what are they doing on that watch? But on this watch, because I had kind of recently watched it, Mm-hmm. Um, their plan made so much sense to me. Like as it yeah. was happening, I was like, "Oh, of course this, yeah. and of course this," because it it's a really clear. I still don't know what happens in Oceans Twelve. I still don't know what they did. Oh, so what happens like in Oceans Twelve? Box. What happens in Oceans Twelve is so they're having the competition to steal the egg. Yeah, I kind of don't want to know what happens in Oceans Twelve. <laughs> if I'm being in honest. Oceans Twelve, basically they steal the egg a week before they were supposed to steal the egg, and then they just like fuck around for a week. Yeah, why do they do just, that? <laughs> just to just to fuck with the guy. Why? Because they hate the guy. 
This old well, Raw Fox sucks. Well, it's it's because they took what worked in Ocean's Eleven and just expanded it, right? So th- the mm-hmm. big reveal at the end of Ocean's Eleven is the camera feed that they were looking at is from a video feed from a safe Mm -hmm. that they had built. And so when he thought he was watching people rob it or get smoked out or whatever, that wasn't actually happening. So Ocean's 12 just expanded that to a full week. In Ocean's 11, it's like that is an obvious, it should be an obvious twist because like when they're building the replica thing, someone says like, what is this to like practice? And George Clooney's response is, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's so obvious, like on multiple viewings, but right. it get, it got me it, for it, sure. It got the first me, time. it got me twice. Cause like the second time I watched it, it had been years and I kind of forgot what the twist was. Right. I was like, how do they do it? How do they end up being the guys with the bags? I remember that right. they were the SWAT team at the end, but I don't remember they were the how SWAT they team. did it. And then, yeah, yeah I, I, it's a good plan. I, and there's always like, when I watch the movie, I always go like, there's always like at least one thing that confuses me. I'm like, wait, hold on. This doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, oh no, I does. see. It does, it does work. So like every time I see it, there's a new twist in it and it keeps me on my toes. Um, I th- I but think it's such some- a smart plan. Yeah. And I think part of what I love about this movie is why I love the Muppets movie and why I love Muppets 2011 is because the majority of this movie is a getting the team together movie. So -hmm. like George Clooney gets out of prison. He goes to Brad Pitt who is teaching TV stars how to play poker, which is very funny in itself because Topher Grace is playing Topher. Um, Well, I mean, it, they're all playing themselves. Like Joshua they're Jackson is there. Like well, the kid from Seven Pitt Heaven is there. Clooney. So much fun. I did. Right. I every time it, it strikes me as so funny that when they're walking out of the casino, we live in a world where Topher Grace gets stopped for autographs, but Brad Pitt doesn't. I know. <laughs> it's, yes. It's, it's kind of jarring. It's Especially so funny because this is a world where Tess looks just like Julia like Roberts. Julia Roberts, <laughs> but Brad Pitt but Brad, doesn't look like just Brad Pitt. Right. Yes. It's it's a it's a confusing world, but it's, it's um, so fun. I I, um, I, I love I when also... he meets Brad Pitt and uh, like the, the, so they're teaching. He's teaching the people how to play poker, mm-hmm. and they're fucking idiots. And so like one of them puts down a hand, and they're like all reds. <laughs> yep, that's Topher. <laughs> I I quote all reds. Every time I play any game of cards. <laughs> that doesn't um, shock me about it's, you at all. It's the funniest line in maybe the whole movie. All red. <laughs> and then they all like high five him and it just like it's just close up on it's Brad so Pitt like head yeah. in it, hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then when, when George Clooney shows up, they just like they just like uns unspokenly they just look at each other and they're like, All right, we're just gonna rob these guys. Yeah. And uh-huh. like because because Brad Pitt is just telling them like oh he's bluffing you got to call him on this you might even want to raise him on this yeah. right um, and George goes I don't know what four eights means but the ace is pretty good right <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah just yeah. like a four of a kind it's so funny um it, there's also the meta moment in there where they're talking about transitioning from TV to movies which yes. is literally what George Clooney mm-hmm. George Clooney um, for a while was like one of the only people who did that successfully yeah. well, now they, it happens They did a good but. joke about that in Long Shot where Seth Rogen was talking about actors that move from TV to Right movies. what's weird and though is isn't, it doesn't work in Long Shot because that happens all the fucking time now <laughs> like it's it, Right it, but but yes, yeah. he did. But he, did. It he was just, freaks and geeks, and then he was uh, whatever was next uh, for him. I don't he know. was in undeclared, and then and yeah, knocked up. Then knocked um, up. Yeah, I guess knocked up was uh, his first. Yeah, I w- I this week I watched Ocean's Eleven twice with both commentaries. 
um, the actor's commentary and the director's commentary. In the actor's comment or in the actor's commentary, yeah, Brad Pitt mentions that Topher had another improv line there instead of the moving from TV to film. Because mm-hmm. um, the year before, uh, so- Soderbergh gave like a famous Oscar speech that was like, "I'll thank everyone in person. Good night." Uh, yeah, he, he has like the shortest and, thank you uh, and, ever. And, and Topher Grace, uh, one of his improv lines was like, "He said he'd think me in person, but he didn't." <laughs> <laughs> just like it, just like riffing there, and it's really funny to me. Yeah, yeah that's, good. that's good. Um, so so he gets Brad Pitt, then they go and get the money guy, right? He's next. Ruben, yes. Ruben, yes. Um, lots of famous actors here. Then they just like slowly they they get the full team together. There's a lot of different. Uh, characters the twins are fun yes casey affleck's look not the here's best. the thing modern day he's scott con is probably also not the best honestly i think scott con's nice he's in hawaii 50 which puts him on risky ground for me i don't know he's james <laughs> con's son right he is james con's son yeah yeah i think i think he's nice i like scott here's Con. the thing I about really casey affleck he's real good in this <laughs> In this, he but is. and he makes me cry so so much in Manchester by the Sea. That's but a it movie seems like potentially he sucks in real life. Who knows? Potentially, I mean, it, it's a weird, it's a weird it's, thing that we'll never know because there's all these legal things about like that are kind of keeping the true story from us, yep. or a story in general. Mm-hmm. From here's from here's us. my thing though. Look at his mustache in this movie. He's not uh-huh. a good guy. <laughs> true. Um, He's a so so what? <laughs> They, they they get Don Cheadle who is doing a horrible British Cockney accent. accent. So, it's so yeah. great. Here's so here's great. something that Laura, my wife, said when we watched this movie last night to prepare for mm-hmm. this. She said, "Is he actually American?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, "And then she said he's doing a really good British accent." Then and I said, "What is she talking said, about?" No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all we we talked. We didn't say anything the, else about it. The 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 point kind of is that he's doing a bad one. I don't know like, where that came from, but she asked if he actually wasn't. She doubted. I oh think, my god! I think what she I was, means is that he is fully committing to that accent. He is. Mm-hmm. He's acting like it, it's kind of like the um, Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones, where it's like that's not a British accent, but you're committing to a yeah. accent. It, so yeah. we are believing you. Thing <laughs> like sure. so. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. What was throwing Laura off? I think was she felt like. There's no reason for this character to be British, other <laughs> there than wasn't. like other than like is Don Cheadle actually British? So I think that that's where <laughs> she uh, thought that maybe that was why. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. According to the writer's commentary, he wrote the part British, and then like later was like, oh, I don't, we don't want this to be British. And then Don Cheadle was like, um, no, this is gonna be British. Sorry, just because <laughs> he wanted to. Don Jeez. Cheadle also has um, an Oscar. Hey, Don Cheadle, yeah. you you missed this one on the the document. He's another Best Picture alumni returning from. Uh, but we haven't even talked about that from yet. Boogie so Nights. I haven't messed up yet. I can cut this out of the podcast if you want to, but <laughs> I, we talked about the the document already, and I just want to say he pointed out some people, but he didn't okay, mention that's the good. Cheadle. I did miss him. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was we'll in Boogie Nights. Right? He was yes, in Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. He played the character um, times. So the last person that they kind of get is Matt Damon, which is kind of crazy that he's the last one that they get, but mm-hmm. they just need another guy. Um, and he's very good at uh, pickpocketing. He's a pickpocket. Mm-hmm. 
he basically becomes Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney's apprentice to some degree. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, the whole series is kind of them, like, you know, bringing him up and getting him to the point where, like, he's now a professional. Because, like, when this movie starts, his dad was, like, a, a big, big-time mm-hmm. thief, and he recommends him to, to the crew. But he's just, like, a pickpocket in Chicago or whatever. Is his dad ever in the movies? I feel like he's referenced. Yeah, he's in uh, Ocean's 13. That's I need I to thought. watch is that it, one again. Is he played by somebody big? Uh, I don't I think, think so. so. I forget who. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to look it, it up. Not someone but, huge, but like he has a decent role in Ocean's 13. He Maybe doesn't o- like... I know his mom is in Ocean's 12. His dad might also be in Ocean's 12, but I don't think so. Um, so it's Caldwell is his last name. Yes. Um, Linus. Linus. Um, um well, you talk about the other people in this movie. While well, I, I was I was gonna say that what I love about Linus is this whole movie, and it's like, and also this carries into twelve and thirteen. But like, he just like he's he's new, and he's just trying to like do his best. Uh, and and a lot of this movie is like them fucking with him. Like, we'll get to the to the point where like you know they kick George off, like they click kick Danny George Clooney off the team. Um, but they don't. Right. They just they're just doing that to fuck with Linus. Right. Um. And like um, that happens a lot more in twelve, mm-hmm. where they're just like they're just fucking with Linus. Yeah. So Linus's dad is played by the guy in Arrested Development who serves yes. as the uh, like yes. the, the the guy who speaks for George Cena. <laughs> oh, he's the the plant. The like yes, the, yes. yes. What, what 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 do they call him? I don't know. It's like the like it's a not surrogate. Surrogate. It is a surrogate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he plays his dad. Um. So other people in this movie or the other members of their team, it's Bernie Mac's character. Yes. Um, he's great. The amazing Yin, who he's is awesome. the he's, young- just a, he's just a contortionist. He's not really an actor. But And um, he's in Ocean's 8, which is what's crazy. Right. Well, so he's is, one of the uh, two people who Ruben, make a cameo. Right. Yes, Ruben yeah. is. Yes. Um, um, Carl Reiner is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, the their tech guy isn't like a really well known actor. It's like a, he's oh, like but I a, like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. he's like a Soderbergh guy. He was in Scatopolis, uh, which is a movie that he's Soderberg like. Made uh, he's like a discount Tony Shalhoub. He really is. He also um, looks like Ben Linus a little bit. A little bit. If Tony, yeah. if who's, Monk and Ben Linus had a kid, that'd be who's Ben yeah. Linus. Be you guy. haven't got to him in Lost yet. He's in Lost. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, sorry, lost. not Ben Linus. I, I know who um, you're talking about, though. Henry Henry Gale. <laughs> he's the guy from not, Person of Interest, not ben right? Linus. <laughs> yes, the guy from Person of Interest. That is what right, you yeah. would know. Now from. we're speaking my my language. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, basically, a lot of the movie is assembling the team, and then the rest of the movie yeah. is them laying out their plan. Us watching the plan as it happens. The only kind of thing that deviates from it is. George Clooney's relationship with Julia Roberts. Uh, she's his ex-wife. She's now with Andy Garcia, who owns the casinos that they're mm-hmm. going to rob. And it's revealed that the heist isn't just stealing the money. It's also stealing Tess back. Right. right. And, and the way that pays off, they get the money. And the way that he, quote unquote, gets Tess back is he films Andy Garcia. He's like, look, I will give you all the money back if you break up with Tess. And Andy Garcia is like, yeah, duh, I'm going to do that. So it's like kind of showing that he doesn't care about her as much as he cares about money. Yeah. Which is like interesting, but it's kind of like. I don't love that, to be honest with you. Me either. But I do 
I do love Julia Roberts and I do love George Clooney and they have decent chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, yeah, I think it's just a little odd because it's like, yeah, but George Clooney, you like crimes more than Julia Roberts, arguably. <laughs> like you also potentially yeah. like money more. And but like, it, it's, yeah, the- it seems like, like my read on this whole thing is that what what George's what George Clooney what Danny Ocean is showing is that like I I like you enough that I am basically like doing this huge thing breaking a thousand laws to like show you how much I want you back and meanwhile this guy that you have currently doesn't give a single shit about you right um, it I feel like if this movie came out today they would subvert the expectation of him getting the girl in the end as like a prize a bit like i feel like it it may play out the same way where like he tricks andy garcia into saying like yeah i'll take the money and i'll break up with tess and then she leaves andy garcia but maybe she doesn't end up with george just because she leaves andy garcia you know what i mean like yeah, she has to be with well, one of them. Like she can't just be her own. There's something in Ocean's Eight where they do a similar, but she's just trying to fuck over the guy who fucked her over, right? Yeah, not, yeah. He, she's not trying to win him back. And, and right. the other thing is that Danny isn't necessarily uh, trying to win her back and get with her. He just says like, "You can you can date other guys, just not him." Yeah, it's um, just this. He guy does sucks. say that. He does. And say it's that, not yeah. like it's not like he does this and then she's immediately back with him. He does this um, spoiler alert. He goes to jail for six to nine months. No, no three to six, three to six months. I'm sorry. Uh, and then she is like ready to get back with him. So she had right. like three months to like consider. She it, does like. run into his arms in a very like classic Hollywood, like cinema kind of, uh, that's true. Scene. You know what? My, that the cop car. can we talk about my favorite exchange that's between the two characters? Yeah. Um, Mark, do you have a guess as to what my favorite exchange? Is, what it, is it? Does he make you laugh? He doesn't. Well, make he doesn't cry. make me cry. <laughs> yes, it's such a good, such a good well such a written good... like little exchange. So yeah. quick, and just like efficient, and just the look on her face when she says that, and like is is just like she's just so mad at him. Mm-hmm. And um, it's crazy because this is such a like light, flighty, fun movie, but all the performances are like really insanely like good dialed in performances yeah like they they give all of these characters like more more depth and more like really like they make them into like characters instead of like movie stars you know what i mean you could make this movie where it's like brad pitt playing brad pitt and george clooney playing george clooney which they uh, are Julia Roberts really playing just, Julia Roberts. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, almost like that's a Bruce Willis mistake. playing Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay, look, we can talk about Ocean's Twelve at a, at a, on a later date. Let's, uh, uh, not. let's not say that that's the best movie of the year. <laughs> look, I'm, we can make it a picky, uh, our bonus picky, whatever. We'll talk about this later. Um, but I, I, I feel like. The, there's more depth to these characters. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, and especially like as the series goes on. Yes. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy this movie. I really like the characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even for a movie that is 2001 in a lot of ways, uh, Topher Grace and Joshua <laughs> Jackson playing themselves yeah. is part of that. Um, but... I, I think other than that, it weirdly feels kind of timeless. Um, I'd agree with that. 
there's one part though where it truly took me out of the movie for a second because I was like, whoa, what? Can the I guess fuck? the part? Can I guess the part? <laughs> Mark has seen this movie so many times. What's Is it the part? Tess saying, "I don't have a cell phone"? Yes, that's exactly yeah, the part. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird in 2019 for her to yeah. be like, "I don't have a cell phone," and that's not a weird character choice. She, right. That's just she like runs a normal a thing. Museum, and she doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> no, it's it's such a weird. Time like the early two thousands is the most bizarre of times. Like Truly. today at work, I was talking with somebody about all the dumb shit we had like in around that time as kids. Like yeah, like we ha- remember hit clips. Yeah, you remember those like shitty yeah, they things? were a minute of a song. I think it was thirty it seconds. <laughs> it wasn't even I, no because was it, it weirdly like wasn't just the chorus. Yeah. It was always like a little bit of the verse uh, and also the chorus. Remember Video Now? <laughs> I don't know that one. Video Now was this big clunky device, probably the size of a CD player, uh, yeah. with a two-inch screen tops. Um, mm. It was for kids in car and like road trips to play their Video Now discs. It didn't play DVDs. It played Video Now discs only, so you had to like buy the player, buy their own discs, and it played like an episode or two of SpongeBob in black and white. Um, oh my god. It was these I, I do remember device. portable DVD players being like a huge that thing, a and huge now it's thing, like, yeah. oh, we have phones. Yeah, we have phones. Phones have are tablets. portable DVD players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, the 2000s is a weird time where technology was like on the cusp of becoming great, but we weren't quite there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And cell phones were like around but not like a necessity yet it was weird yeah. it was a weird time well because i guess if we think about which aaron brockovich is a period piece so it is like yeah. set in the 90s but it came out the year before and she's using like a car phone but yeah. that one is set in the 90s so i guess it's yeah. and car phones weird. and cell phones are still different yes they are i mean you could um, think of oceans 11 as a period piece for the year 2001 yeah yeah, yeah. i mean no, sure I mean, everything is a period piece yeah. 2000, the movie 2001 a space odyssey is also a period piece of the period piece of, the year of their version of future <laughs> right. yeah um it just it, it doesn't completely ruin the movie for me obviously it just is yeah. kind of fun and weird to see now yeah it's just it, a little like oh what <laughs> it is always funny yeah well because uh, they do have weird high-tech stuff in it too mm-hmm. to like break into the right yeah that is vault, what's weird about it is like they do have all this high-tech stuff and then julie they Roberts. just didn't predict like the right uh well it's stuff. not like it's super high-tech it's just like you know some hacking stuff sure and yeah. a big emp thing yeah um the, the i pinch. am fascinated to see more and more period pieces of this era like circa mm-hmm. 2000 like Lady Bird was. Like Lady Bird was. Like Better Call Saul is. Um, mm, Better Call yeah. Saul kind of gets into the whole cell phone thing in like a different way. Like yeah. In way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited to see period pieces for like time periods I've been alive in. Um, yeah. I, Under the I, Silver I'm like weirdly is a period piece of like 2015. Of, straight up. Right. Yeah. It's like an Obama era period. Like piece. a late it's Obama yeah. era. I and I don't um, really remember the era coming into play mm-hmm. much. I'm, in, I'm well, gonna, I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm going back yeah. to yeah. Under the Silver. I mean, I mean, we don't have to talk about Under the Silver like a whole lot. But the I, I was I heard a Q and A with a director where he was saying that like it's more that like he wanted to establish the year that it was because it was like he wanted to capture a tone that was really only felt in like the late 2015s, where like you could tell that like 
things were pretty good, but also you could kind of tell that they were about to go to shit. Well, and I read something about it was like the height of internet like conspiracy culture, and I was like, I don't yeah. know that I agree with that because well, it just gets worse and worse. But well, but like that's when the conspiracy cu- culture was pretty innocent to some extent. Yeah, I guess. You know what yeah, I mean? It wasn't enough, like yeah. QAnon. It was like sure, yeah. I mean, you know. yeah, but they were on the rise at the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else do we want to talk about with Ocean's Eleven? I love the final scene. The Claire de Lune thing is like weirdly mm. very moving, where yeah. they're standing by the fountain and the song plays. Yeah, that rules. and like they are just slowly going their own way. It is that like whole thing shockingly kind of very moving. Well, yeah. the whole thing with like you know Julia Roberts running after Clooney and into that fountain mm-hmm. scene is. Very and the score that's playing, it's very mm. classic. Yeah, it, it's it, in it's like a really yeah, cool way. It's it's literally the song Claire de Lune, which is a very like famous uh, piece. Um, they used it in a trailer for uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. I think, uh, I think yeah. the title is technically Claire de Lune, and then in parentheses, the song from from uh, Ocean's Tw- Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I think that's uh, it. is what yeah, everyone right. knows it as. Yeah. Um, it is it's so good and just that that scene is like everyone's sitting there just like you can kind of see it on their face like oh we just robbed a bank and got now i have 11 million dollars bank um I'm, a casino a casino a three vault, casinos, a vault. three casinos mm-hmm. right um uh, but i i really love because carl reiner is the last one to leave and, it, and like it his his character arc is really like kind of not discussed much when you talk think about this movie, but he yeah. does have this arc of like he's retired and they bring him back in and like is his heart healthy enough? Right. Um mm-hmm. and, and he's the last one at the fountain, but he is also like old school Las Vegas thief. Like Right. Um I feel like this movie is is kind of thinking about like old school Vegas and, and mm-hmm. how it's different from what it is today and um I, I feel like him being the last one at the fountain is, is a nice touch. Yeah. I yeah, I love it. I this movie rules is the truth. Um truly. Yeah, I, I think what I love about this movie is that it feels so light and so like yes. you know, just like a caper, but also like there's a lot of heart in in a, mm-hmm. a lot of the characters have have great arcs and especially like as the series goes on, uh you know, like the 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 twins in this movie are kind of just like jokesters, but in the in 13 they have like this whole thing where they like go to Mexico and like um, start a work like a, a strike at a dice factory. Yes, um, and like they talk about like how important it is to be brothers and stuff like that. And it's it's so it's so fun. Um, I and and uh, and also in this movie the the monologue that George Clooney gives about like the house always wins, but if you find the right time to strike, then you can win back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like that's that that. Monologue is like undercut by a joke in the next line where Brad Pitt's like, "Have you been practicing that?" But it's also like <laughs> it's about like, yeah, we get fucked over a lot, but sometimes if you just wait till the right moment, you can you can get it all back. It's undercut in a good way though, because Brad Pitt's like, "Have you been practicing that?" And like George Clooney was like, "Yeah, did I rush it?" Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that line, and I always kind of underrated that. Like, I was like, "Oh, they make a joke afterward. It, he must be joking that whole monologue." Right, um, but he's not. But like, He's he's serious. He's he's yeah. very much like I've you know I I had some bad luck, um, but I think if I can I can work it out right. and kind of make this work out in my favor. Um. So so is there anything else you guys have as far as like the plot or things that happen in this movie before we kind of talk about some fun no. behind the scenes stuff? No, I mean just that it's 
so fun. Like on top right. of everything. I mean, we've talked about it, but it's just a bl- all these characters are like so quirky and fun in their own way and like it's just a blast. Yeah. It, it, I agree. It it's, Yeah, listening to the actors commentary like they all like lived in that casino for like 6 weeks. So they just all hung out and like played poker and like hung out in Vegas together. Like like they were just all on set every day. I feel like that camaraderie like translates onto the screen. Yeah, definitely. Similar to like, Um, I know um, Olivia Wilde had the two lead actresses in book smart, like stay in the same hotel room together mm -hmm. to build like a genuine friendship. And that, and this like, it totally translates to the screen. Like they, they like each other and they're having a good time making this movie. Definitely. Um, Okay, I have a couple other things that I noticed in it. Um, the score is very jazzy, yes. which I think works very well for this movie, and it's I like was, kind of evocative of the originals. Like, I was era. gonna mention that it's like uh, the score is by a DJ, so he just oh, like, interesting. He not so not only is it jazzy, but it's got a lot of like like uh, a lot of like energy to it. As is it well. the DJ who does that? Elvis Presley remix? Did he do the whole score, or is the, they just grab that clip? Um, I think they just grabbed that clip. The okay. the Lula's yeah. conversation. I think that is an actual Elvis song, though. It, um, it it's a remix of it, but yes, okay. that is a real Elvis. But song. but he he found that and sent it to Soderbergh because he Got like it. not he chose all the music and then made a lot of songs as well. Gotcha. Um, but I listened to the soundtrack. I listened to the soundtrack for Twelve and Thirteen all the time when I was in high school. I love this really? this music. Interesting. Um, I'll tell you about a score that I like <laughs> later. It's just, it's going to throw us off on a tangent. Um, the other thing I really like is, so they're, they're talking about the three most successful robberies in Las <laughs> Vegas to that point. Yes. Love that. That's flashback. a good, that's a good sequence. It, Cause it's just a bit basically. Cause none yeah. of them make it anywhere. But yeah. It's the, the really last good. one, the where he gets shot in the back and the money flies in the air and it's like, yes. take my breath away. It's so yes. great. Because it was like the, set in the 80s, yeah. Um, so good. All right, so let's talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff. This features a plethora of Best Picture alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheetle. Julia, of course. Well, so here's the thing. So Soderbergh, who... Aaron Brockovich, Julia mm-hmm. Roberts from Aaron Brockovich, Brad Pitt from Seven, George Clooney from Oh Brother, Oh Brother. I was like, where the fuck was George Clooney? Oh Brother. I was like, we didn't talk about Batman versus Robin. <laughs> nope. Yes, Oh Brother. Uh, Matt Damon Batman, from Saving Private Ryan. Batman versus Robin. I was just gonna point that out. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, who knows? My favorite part of Batman versus Robin is Shut when they're fighting and they realize that they're on the same team. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Um, and Chad says Don Cheadle, but here's the thing. Don Cheadle's uncredited in this movie. Which what? is, yes, it's, yes, yes. No. Yes, Double he is. on that. What are you he talking is, about? He is, I know he has a main role. He is uncredited in the movie. It's because he wanted his, like, name above the title or something like that because he had been... Uh, successful before and they were like well we're not going to give that to you because it's going to be these people and it was like a contract dispute he didn't have a problem with Soderbergh it was like studio type stuff and so he goes uncredited for this movie because I 
I had remembered that kind of being th- a thing, and then I rewatched the credits, and his name never appears in the beginning so part weird. or at the end. He is. It is maybe arguably the biggest uncredited performance maybe ever. Well, yeah, because he should be like. He's of the eleven, the movie, of the a 11 lot. people, he should That's be like so weird. Seventh, six or seven, seventh build, yeah. maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? I know, weird, right? I think he does That's get weird. credited for the next two. That is the uh, weirdest yeah. trivia fact about this movie you could possibly tell me. Don Cheadle is uncredited. That's <laughs> yes. insane. I'm looking at another trivia fact about who was originally going to be the director, and that's insane okay. and bad, but not as insane <laughs> as Don that. Cheadle is uncredited. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about some of the other people who try to make this movie. There's really only one that I want to talk about because we mentioned him last week, because um, I think there were a bunch others, but they mm-hmm. weren't interesting that I remember. Brett Ratner was very close to making this movie and was like, he was getting it across the like finish line. What had he done at this point? Uh, what the fuck had he done at this point? Um, not X-Men almost did X-Men almost did oceans, but what the fuck did he do? What is he known for? Because the movies I think of Brett Ratner for the last stand is like the first big, well, and then red Um, dragon, which is after he had done rush hour. The brush hour, that's, that's what it was. That's why it would have made sense, I guess, in some version of this movie, he would have made sense. But that's this so version weird. of the movie is way better than the rush hour adjacent version of the movie. It is absolutely rush hour. Yeah. That was that's that was his, thing. his money thing. Wow. That sucks. Yuck. Um, <laughs> so this movie, and I don't know who was like working on these versions at this time, but it almost had a ton of fucking insane angles right Mm -hmm. so at one point it was gonna john favreau was gonna write it and i don't necessarily think that would have been bad he's got kind of a fun style and he had done rounders which is like you know swingers is what you meant you're right yep (laughs) i don't know what rounders is it is Rounders, rounders is about uh like uh like uh gamblers oh okay yeah i feel like they have similar poster designs and they both have Matt Damon. Yeah, ah. and Swingers is kind of like a, a Vegasy movie, that sort of thing. It makes sense on paper, and I don't think Favreau's version of mm-hmm. it would have been bad per se. And but I like Swingers is Soderbergh's about uh, mafia people, I think. I don't like know gangsters. what any of it is about. To be, fair. I only think that because uh, John Favreau is in an episode of The Sopranos, and they talk about it. I think maybe, but I still think it's a Vegas one. Yeah. Um. So he was going to write it. Um, let's see. Um, Joel and Ethan Cohen, um, we're going to be involved. Um, so I would be interested in their script for this. Hey, um, I, so I didn't finish my sentence. Um, they weren't considered to write the script or direct. They were considered to play the twins. Amazing. I'm here for it. <laughs> what the fuck? Fascinating. Hey, uh, uh, it, question. It gets a bit... Was Ben yeah. Affleck ever considered to be Casey Affleck's brother in this movie? <laughs> Weirdly, not that I could find. Um, here's another fact that's kind of insane. Uh, Danny Ocean, it was almost Bruce Willis. You can kind of see that movie. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. That's why they bring him back in 12. Um, but the other person that they were really heavily considering for Danny Ocean, and this was a Soderbergh. So the Coens were a Soderbergh idea. So was this one before it became George Clooney. Should we guess first? Uh, Mark, have you looked it up? 
I I saw it a couple days ago, but I haven't seen it since. Oh, okay. So I mean, Chad, you it. can guess. Okay, so I'm guessing it's gonna be a surprise because. Ah, uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, the most surprising pick I can imagine is Danny DeVito. So I'm gonna guess Danny DeVito. Well, you did guess a director, so at least that was on the same wavelength. It was uh, Spike Jones. Spike Jones uh, to play Danny. Weird. <laughs> the Spike Jones director of Where the Wild Things no, Are. No, I know, so I, I know. I actually met him once. I worked um, on a like documentary thing he was doing for the BC. I Boys. think he was doing like a little bit of acting around that time. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think know. he had the only thing he's ever acted in, as far as I know, is Jackass. Um, he actually does actually appear in those. He is in he those. too young for this role? I don't. Yes, I do yeah. think so. Um, well, he's born in '69. So. He would have been thirty. He would have been thirty-two. I. I still feel like that seems a little young. Yeah, I feel like Clooney's the ideal age for Danny. Ocean. How old was Clooney at this point? No, I have no idea. He's got that, like actually. the gray in his hair. He looks a little older. Even if he's not older, he looks the part. I'm uh, always skeptical about these casting rumors, especially for a remake, because like people are always like, "Oh, we should remake this and that," and you know, I'm, everyone tries to remake things. Sure, you know but, what I mean. But 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 Spike Jones is not a rumor that I like make on a message board to <laughs> star Danny Ocean. Like that one is yeah. so insane. That's too that it, weird. <laughs> He was in Three Kings, apparently. Like, he had a decent role in that, but then he just kind of stopped trying to act, it seems. Um, Weird. Uh, Bizarre. (laughs) Like, I can't comprehend it, really. No. It's weird. It also seems like maybe, Mark, you're sort of right in that who knows how real it is, because Soderbergh and Spike Jones were friends, so it could have been something that Soderbergh just leaked to trades to, like, fuck with him because Spike Jones thought he was funny. It might have been, like, a joke he made in a interview and they were like oh could have been rumored potentially but according like spike jones apparently will make references now to like he gets mad that he lost the part to george clooney um i don't know interesting interesting um some other fun things about this movie it contains five oscar winners casey affleck matt damon brad pitt george clooney uh julia roberts and two nominees uh andy garcia Mark, look up what he got nominated for, because I have no idea. Uh, and Don Cheadle. And actually, and I don't know what Soderberg? Don Cheadle got nominated for. Um, uh, I, w- I was just talking about actors. Okay. No, Hotel Brooke Rwanda. Was after. Oh, well, oh wait. Yeah. This, no, no, All no. This, 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 this list is based on after. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I don't think um, Casey Affleck won an Oscar before 2001. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I forgot that I was doing it post. But Andy Garcia had to have won it before. Or been nominated before. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? He was nominated for The Godfather Part 3. Yep. We forget that movie was nominated for lots of Oscars, including maybe Best Picture. Man. People were just. Uh, Which I've never seen it. Another Godfather movie, I guess. I think it's mostly that, to be honest. But the legacy of the first two. Yeah. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best. Actor, best director, best cinematography, best art direction, best editing, best original song. Here's the thing. I haven't seen it. It may be all right. I don't know. Yeah, I need to watch it. Even if it is the lesser of those three movies, two of them are some of the most perfect movies of all time. 
So, like, I can't be mad at it that much. Yeah. But I should watch all three of them again. Cody, when you were talking about actors' possibilities, you forgot to mention the fact that uh, Linus was almost played by Mark Wahlberg. Oh, bef- right. Before it was into it. I'd be into yeah, it. I'm, I'm I also want Damon kind of into it. I, I mean, I'm very happy that Damon got the role. Yeah. Um, I think you, I'm happy you, Damon got the role, but I feel like. No, Damon rules. I feel like Wahlberg would have been good. No, I, I, Wahlberg I was like, too busy making it. His big blockbuster play, which do you guys know Planet what he of the Apes. Planet of the Apes yeah. is why he turned it oh, down. Oh man, call. what a mistake! I would, what's <laughs> he fucked up. I don't know that the movie did, but he he definitely up. did. Yeah. What's yeah. interesting is that after this movie, like Soderbergh makes a or Soderbergh whatever uh, mm-hmm. makes a lot of Matt Damon movies, like The Informant, dude. And, yes, Mark. Uh, he is your favorite director. <laughs> Will look, you I've learn? Read, his I read name? his name before I heard people pronounce it. It's the co- classic Cody excuse. And I'm I using didn't it. say that. You've said that about other words before. Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the trick, Mark. I don't know how to read. That is true. Cody so I don't. I don't know what. Um, uh, anyway. uh, I would like to see <laughs> Soderbergh wal- make a lot of uh, Mark Wahlberg movies. I think that Mark Wahlberg sure. would be. Who great is Soderbergh's m- muse right now? He uh, it was Channing Tatum one. for a while. Channing Tatum was um, only in one, though, right? Uh. He was also in um, the Stealing movie. He was in Magic Mike. <laughs> he and then was, he was in oh, he, he was in Logan and, Lucky. Yeah, Logan yeah. Lucky. yes. I would say the but iPhone also is the answer right now is Riley Co. You are actually correct that the iPhone is his latest muse. What yes, I need yes, to see yes, who was yes. in uh, the laundromat. It is a stacked cast. Is it crazy? Correctly. Is it crazy that I keep getting the laundromat and the kitchen mixed up? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not at all. Oh, it's Antonio Banderas who is going. If he doesn't get an Oscar nom for the Soderbergh movie, is going to get an Oscar nom for another movie this year. Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, David Schwimmer, Will Forte, James Cromwell, Jeffrey Wright, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Oh, and Nonzo Anon. Anaze, who is playing uh, Butler in Artemis Fowl. Um, anyway, uh, just bringing it full circle. Um, yeah, so he doesn't have like his guy right now that he... His guy but, is Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. Yes. Yeah. But but I'll I'll be interested to see who pops up and I want to have him I want Adam Driver in more Soderbergh movies. Mm, yes. To be fair, I want Adam Driver in more movies. Period. Every movie. Probably. Here's the thing. Our friend Eli was talking about on Twitter how Adam Driver is like one of his favorite actors now, and he's realizing it. And I think I'm on the same train where I'm like, oh, I 100 percent agree. He's so good. Kylo Ren is my favorite Star Wars character. Whoa, this that's interesting. Period. Um, like I think you, you forgot about uh, Salacious Crumb. That's who I was trying to think about, of. Uh, Dexter Jetster. Dexter yeah. Jetster. Have you ever is heard a about somebody one. named Dexter Jetster? He's um, oh, what's what's their has name? Extra arms. The oh, what is that one? The you are not going to be able to pull this. The woman's name. Uh huh. And Han Solo uh-huh. at the very beginning, uh-huh. the ugly, ugly yeah. creature. Oh, it's not Proxima Midnight because that's Lady Proxima. It's just Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima. That's what it was. Yes. (laughs) We got there. I knew there was another very (laughs) similar name in pop culture. And as soon as you said it, I was able to get it. Um, Yeah. But Adam Driver has his like uh, 
movie that comes out this year that is about like uh, the how, how no or, no it's how waterboarding like yes. how that stuff yes. at least oh, and geez. it's like yeah fuck Adam Driver in every movie so good in Black Klansman so why are we talking about Adam Driver good. oh he needs to be in more Soderbergh movies yeah. yes yeah um, well so does everyone so does everyone okay I need to be in more Soderbergh movies frankly true um so Mark. This is a crazy mm-hmm. stat cast. That's one of the yes. elements why this movie works. It works yes. for a variety of reasons, but that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Who is an actor that you can't really think that they've been in a Soderbergh movie, but they need to be? I think I've got um, a couple. Let me hear yours as I think about this. So Robert Downey Jr. seems like obvious. That'd be a good one. I feel like, but I think he'd be good. I don't want to stay just on an Avengers train, I, but I think Chris Hemsworth also would be incredible in like a Logan Lucky type movie. Interesting. I want to see him play with uh, Ray Fiennes. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wes um, Anderson handles him like a fine wine, and I'd like to see Mark's favorite director handle him too. Hmm. Um, and really and like, my favorite director has handled him. So it's just yeah, Mark who needs his hand on the ball. Spielberg does a number with him. He is really, yeah, really, good really in good in that movie. movie. I like Daniel Craig and Logan Lucky. I think that's a really oh, fun casting so choice. He's so good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other people. I uh, can't think of any actors at all right now. <laughs> Not um, a single actor. That's other than I can think of maybe 11 actors, uh, and it's the ones in this one. Um, I'm trying to think of people who have gotten like Oscar nominations recently because that's kind of how. Okay, mm-hmm. how about a Jennifer Lawrence? Like, put her in a Soderbergh movie. Let her kind of have a fun movie again. Not to just hop back onto Marvel, but how about Tom Holland? But he'd be fun and what one. What about Tom Hiddleston? He'd be fun. Tom, oh my Hiddleston. God, Tom Hiddleston's very good. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good good. That's get very good for Stevie. Um, who's i'm trying to think just like who is uh i think angelina jolie in, in a soderbergh movie i want more of her i want a haywire sequel win well, honestly yeah true how about uh, beanie feldstein for sure why not sure um, i just want to see her in about, more movies period but um, what, what if you did Caitlin kind of dever though yeah it would be good mm-hmm. but what if you did kind of the like next era of movie stars yeah. after um, get your hedges, get your Chalamet, get your. Well, searches. I'm saying, I, I'm saying the era before that, because he kind of Soderbergh, oh, okay. like, kinds of grabs people in their second decades, um, mm-hmm. because all the people in Ocean's Eleven were most famous in the '90s. They're still some of the biggest stars in the world, so they've remained famous. Yeah, but like, he kind of he likes to use actors and then like play against the type you're used to yes. seeing them in. So, like, what um, if he grabs like a Seth Rogen or a Jonah Hill hmm. or like that kind of era? Well, I, I think, think that Jennifer Ooh, Lawrence play was with a, Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Um, mm-hmm. well, because he likes to take like serious actors and make them goofy. Yeah, or like um. Because, like, uh, Matt Damon and then making him in The Informant where he is, like, kind of uh, not very good at being I mean, a da- bad person. Daniel Craig's a great example of this for sure. Yeah. Um, Oscar and Isaac. Shit, what was, Oscar Isaac. Uh, oh, Oscar Isaac would be good. How about Soderbergh with Tom Cruise? It's kind of weird that they haven't worked together. Maybe they have, and I'm just not I can't think of, of anything. It. I don't know how well they would go together. I'm not honestly. too well versed in I just can't really see it. Honestly, but I, I, I just. Tom Cruise is most interesting. Ah, you're actually right. Tom Cruise is not the most interesting when he plays against type. He's uh, most interesting are you when he. you joking? I, th- I think that. No, Tom, I think he. Tom Cruise is best when he 
leans into the type and the movie is kind of about how the movie around him is about how insane he is. Yeah, I think that the best Tom Cruise movies are like Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. With the exception of like so like School of Rock or not School of Rock, Rock of Ages. What I think is what an exception about, to that. Like, freaking his role in Magnolia is like my favorite Tom I think Cruise that's... role. I think that's okay, interesting. But that is very much a Tom Cruise role where he is, is like it? super intense. Yeah, yeah he's like super he's intense, intense and he, but he's he, not he like a cool guy. He's like No, it's No, he's not. But he thinks it's, he is. It, it's yeah, he still thinks he, he is. He thinks it's, he is, it, but it's it's different. It's, it's no, different it's a Tom Cruise type. role. That's not it, a Tom it's, Cruise. It's, type. Yes, it is. It Come is on. slightly it is. different, but it is it in is. the same vein. It is in the same vein, and that's not negative. I love Tom Cruise in movies. I think what works really well in Magnolia and what works in the other movies that I like him in is when they lean into his type and it's a deconstruction of his type. Mm-hmm. That is what Magnolia is. It is leaning into the hyper-confident, like, I'm cool guy. It leans into that and then it subverts yeah. it, right? That's what's fascinating. Mission I, Impossible I it, movies, those are about how insane he is and everything around him is insane. I think he's brilliant in Vanilla Sky, which is kind of playing with his persona. Um, what is the other one where I like get oh, real cocktail. fascinated by? Tom you really Cruise. like him in? Cocktail. I do like him in Cocktail, but that's just because he's, he's being fun. Great in Cocktail. Um, I I sorry, like I've just been distracted that. by thinking of Magic Mike for a while. <laughs> um, I talked about Channing Tatum, and um, I think that I think that Magic Mike is like a top tier Soderbergh movie, honestly, and it's I, so good. I feel like. I need to watch through a lot of Soderbergh, which here's the thing. So does Mark. Me and Mark have a very similar thing where we've both seen a lot of our favorite director's movies, but they've made so many movies that we've probably only seen half of them. Soderbergh, no joke. His like his goal is to make a movie every nine months. Right. Uh, and he's done it for most of his career. Which is I've crazy. seen so. All of Spielberg from, like, 93 on, but there's a lot before that that I haven't hit. Like, I've never seen Hook, Um, which, who knows if I should. But, like, the difference is Chad has seen his favorite director all of his movies. He's gone, yep. Um, So that's just interesting. Cody, we we missed the majority of what you just said. Oh. Um, I was saying... But we should probably just go into it. I, I was saying um, the difference is Chad has seen all of his director's favorite movie. Yeah, it's but he's not made like, like one 12 way is better movies. Than another. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. it's, it's kind it's of, a pretty it's man- not even, tw- I think he's made nine or 10. Like it's a pretty manageable amount. I think it's, I think he's like Tarantino where it's like oh, almost in single digits. Yeah. I've seen uh, 14, no, 15 uh, Soderbergh movies. You know, you um, could have just gone to Letterboxd and seen your percentage of how many of his movies you've seen. I, I, I will also tell you the percentage. <laughs> um, but like 15 of his movies is still 38%. Um, so I have Holy some shit. room to grow. 38%? Um, that's wild. Is that it's including insane. like shorts or other things? Uh, No, I don't mm, think so. I don't think so. He's just made a lot of movies. The My, dude just churns them out. I have seen 54% of Steven Spielberg movies. However, comma, some of them are like TV episodes um, mm-hmm. and future movies. So the, I'm probably more at like a 70. The only Wes Anderson blind spots I have are short films. Yeah. Um, is which is fair. You can 
10 features. What's yeah. crazy about Soderbergh is that not only did he direct Ocean's Eleven, but he also uh, was the cinematographer. He does that a, a lot, name. though. He does that a lot, and he's also the editor on a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, he wrote a lot of his movies in his early career. Like, um, He has his hands involved in like all of the pieces here. Who is the director who has started doing their own cinematography? Oh, Paul Thomas. Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, yeah. Pa- and Paul Thomas Paul Anderson, Thomas Anderson. For Phantom Thread, yeah. God, Phantom Thread. I was thinking today about how good of a movie that it's is. It's real good. I don't there's love been a all lot PTA going, stuff, there's been a but lot, I love that movie. There's been a lot going around on Twitter about like love for Phantom Thread lately. It's been interesting. Maybe that's what's yeah. been sparking it, yeah. Um, I well, we should wrap this up. We should, we should really tired. like <laughs> just vote on all the movies we've discussed so far for 2001 <laughs> and decide what's the best one so far. Yeah, uh, Mark, what is the best movie of 2001? It's Ocean's Eleven. That's going to be my vote from here on out. And mm, I agree, yeah. I think. I Cody? agree. I, yeah? I, I, okay. I think I also agree. So before we completely wrap it up, let's plug it up. Um, Mark, yucky, yucky. What, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Watlington Mark, cross-platform, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And you can find me at Chad A. Oliver across all social media platforms. You can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. Um, you can follow the show at We Pick Picks um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my fiance just got mad at my cat for playing with something. Um, so uh, forgive me if you hear my cat. Um, and I think that's about it. So let's wrap it up. Chad, what's the best movie of 2001? I literally just told you it's Ocean's Eleven. Mark, I know, what but is the, this what is, is the format the of our show. What is the best movie of the year, 2001? Normally we have more to discuss, so um, there's normally a gap, but this is what, what we do here. Not only the best movie of the year, but of my lifetime and all time, Ocean's Eleven. Cody, oh, wow, what's the best movie of Ocean's Eleven? What? What's the best movie of Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. The one they watch in the hotel room i think there's some like old movie that plays correct answer (laughs) um the best movie of 2001 is oceans 11 thanks everyone for listening and remember this is the best part of my day yep uh, the next movie that we are discussing is my pick for the best movie of 2001, a movie that was little seen at the time, but it is heavily seen now, I think. Um, it is Wet Hot American Summer, the film. Um, it is available on Netflix for streaming.